What's up, Browns fans? Uh, it's your boy Jake back for episode 111 of the Jake Podcast. Um, if you are listening, you already know that the Cleveland Browns fell yesterday, uh, January 17th, right? Today is the 18th. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Um, they fell to the Kansas City Chiefs 22-17. to um, I had a lot of thoughts going into the game, so I wanted to do a quick emergency pod for the wrap-up of the game and the Browns' season. Uh, first of all, uh, don't have to hang your heads. Uh, they played a good game. They just uh, they were beat. Uh, I think it's uh, fair to say that the Browns can play with anybody in the NFL. Um, the Mahomes-led Chiefs are just better than the Browns. And we knew that coming into the game, uh, but you still play any given Sunday, so you have to play and give them a chance. So we weren't going to roll over. We weren't going to let it just happen. Uh, and then Mahomes went down. It only, it only, uh, he only missed I think two drives for the Chiefs, but um, you know that that's a big difference because that could be that could be the interception. Probably is an interception. It's probably a field goal and. Or, you know, because the Browns did do a good job of holding them to field goals. But, um, you know, they the Browns did not end up on top. And uh, it's okay. It's it's This was a great Browns season. Um, you know, I know last week I was saying a lot of things like, you know, you're not playing with house money. Uh, you're not just happy to be here. And that's true. Like, you know, I, want, I went into this game thinking, hey, this is, this is a chance. You never know when you're going to be back. But I'm pretty confident in this Browns team that they are going to be back. You know, that was the vibe coming out of the game. Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, uh, Jarvis Landry, all tweeting out or saying something in their, you know, post-game press conference along the lines of, we will be back. We're the Browns. The Browns are new Browns. This is not the team that you're used to. And frankly, I got to think the Browns will be the favorites for the AFC North next year. And it won't be pie-in-the-sky type stuff. It will be... Uh, what you expect and kind of like earned, you know, the, the last couple years, people have been saying, Hey, uh, the Browns, because they're like a fun pick because they, uh, you know, Hey, they added some flashy pieces, but now they're like earning it. Now they're like, you know, showing like, Hey, they can do it. And the Browns, they were good this year. They're the last remaining standing team from the AFC North, excuse me. So let's go through the game real quick. Um, keys to the game. Going into the Chiefs-Browns game, I said it was, you know, they had three pretty big keys to victory. Um, number one I had was red zone execution. Uh, I thought to beat the Chiefs, we're going to have to have a couple of their drives stall from touchdowns and turn into field goals because nobody moves the chains like Kansas City. Nobody flies up and down the field quite like them. They started the game off hot and went right down the field, ripped through the Browns for a touchdown. And then um you know the next drive, the you know, the they actually missed the extra point. Next drive, the Browns missed made a field goal and then the Chiefs went down, made another touchdown and it was like sheesh, you know, this you know, it's only 13-3, but it just really felt like there was no stopping the Chiefs through two, two drives. They scored two touchdowns, and it was like every other play was a first down or the touchdown. Like they ran their first twenty plays, they had eleven first downs and two touchdowns, and that like that just can't happen. Um, so you needed to turn some of those touchdowns into field goals because they are going to shred your defense like that. And the Browns don't have a very good defense. Like I like their. I like the players on the defense, but they're going to have to make some upgrades this year. Their, you know, their D line is is pretty good, but they're, gonna, you know, they were out Vernon, and they're probably going to have to upgrade him anyway. They're going to need other guys at D tackle because you know, I mean, they're playing guys kind of off the street at times. So uh, we'll see what they do at D line. Front uh, the linebackers are, are you know, I, I don't really know what they're going to do because Jacob Phillips was a rookie. Uh, Mac Wilson's been given a lot of chances. Uh, Sione Takitaki is really good at what he's really good at, but outside of that, you know, he's a he can be a liability at times. Uh, B.J. Goodson is a really nice leader, but is he the rangy linebacker that's going to stop running backs at the line of scrimmage? 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see what they do in the front seven. And then we all know that they needed some more corners and that they need their safeties to just get healthy. So we'll see. Um, but back to the keys to victory. I did have red zone execution as big. I said we needed to stop their touchdowns and turn a couple of them into field goals. And we did. We actually forced them to kick four field goals, two of them being 33 yarders, which are extra points. So that was a really good job by the defense to hold. Uh, they had an interception in the end zone. I think it was they were out of the red zone, but um, I th- you know I count that like that's just a drive that like if you're throwing a pick in the end zone, that's where you would expect to score points. So defensively, we held our end of the bargain. Offensively, though, it was tough. Um, first drive, field goal. That's one where it's like. Even if you don't make it into the red zone, like if you're moving the ball, you need to score a touchdown against this team. You like you're not going to get many chances. You need to put points up if you're going to play Kansas City. And the Browns, uh, unfortunately, on the offensive side of the ball, did not have their best game, and that was a real shame because had they played like they did last week, had they played like they did against Baltimore uh, a couple weeks ago, or um, even against the Giants when they just moved the ball really well and uh, didn't need to do a whole lot, but they moved the ball really well. Um, I think, you know, maybe they win this game. Of course, everyone's going to remember the one play um, late in the first half, you know, so after the Browns' first drive, that turned into three. Their second drive stalled out because they gave up a sack and they had a penalty, and I said, those things can't happen. I'll get to those later. Um, and, And we had to punt. You know, there are only two punts the whole game. Both were by the Browns, and even though I knew there were going to be punts, I said, for every punt, we're going to have to either force a turnover or force another punt our, ourselves. And uh, we did force a turnover, but we also um, you know, did not force a punt. So uh, on our third and final drive of the first half, you know, A, that's a problem already, is that we're only getting three drives because Kansas City just marched down and scored on us every time, scoring 7-6-3-3 and three in the first half. Uh Baker threw a laser to Rashard Higgins. I thought he was going to be down or out around like the five yard line, but he tries for more and he comes up short of the end zone and of course is fumbled and um, the ball goes out the end zone. And we all know that rule. It happens a couple times a year where a player fumbles out of the end zone. I mean, I want to know how many times that rule came into effect this season because I actually think it didn't come into the season since, uh, like, I, I think the last time it played was, like, two years ago. So, I mean, I could be wrong. I didn't watch all the NFL games. There's a chance, like, the Lions or the Vikings, or you know, or, like, the you know, Cardinals game happened where I wasn't watching and it happened. But it just it rarely happens, and it's one of the worst rules in football. Uh, some people believe, hey, you're on offense. It's your job to protect the ball. If you fumble it out of the end zone, like that's sacred ground. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, let's stop calling things sacred ground in football. Like, if you fumble it anywhere, it's and it goes out of bounds. You keep the ball. But all of a sudden, when you're going in for a touchdown, if you fumble it out of the end zone, the other team gets the ball. I mean, I, I hate that rule. I think they should, and I. The problem is I think they're going to change the rule this offseason and the Browns will be the last team ever screwed over by that, uh, which is which is kind of hilarious in one sense. But, you know, it, it's not hilarious. Um, and it couldn't have happened to a better guy, too. Everyone loves Hollywood Higgins. He's such a cool like player and he's you know battled through a lot to just be here. He's been cut by the Browns. He's been brought back. He was a free agent that nobody wanted and then came back to the Browns. Or I'm sorry, he was a free agent that had better offers, but he came back to the Browns because he wanted to play with Baker and he wanted to do it here. So like I and and now he's a free agent again. I hope uh the you know, I hope the front office sees his relationship with Baker and says, "Hey, this is a guy we want on the field. He isn't exactly like the, you know, deep ball uh, you know, field stretcher that we kind of need right now." But it's hard to pass up on his um, chemistry with Baker. So, you know, I hope they bring him back. But um, it really sucks. They're, they're, they should change the rule so that if you fumble it and it goes out of bounds, it can't advance. So you fumble it on the one, you get it on the one. Or if it, even if you want to penalize them a little bit, if you fumble it into the end zone, you get the ball on the 10-yard line. How about that? 
You know, first and goal, 10-yard line. Like, I, I feel like either of those options make sense instead of the defense basically just gives up a touchdown. That, like, you don't get the ball for knocking the ball out of bounds. You get the ball for recovering a fumble. The def- Like, it's the only time the defense recovers, a, a, like, you know, the ball without actually recovering the ball. It, I, I think it's stupid. I've always felt that too. It's not just because it happened to the Browns. I've always felt this way. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before. Probably not because it just doesn't come up any, uh, a lot. Um, and then the second part about that was there was helmet to helmet to contact. It was clearly a targeting penalty and CBS pointed that out. Gene Steratore pointed it out and a bunch of people online that like, you know, know the rules pointed it out that that was illegal and that it shouldn't have, it should have been a 15 yard penalty, but since it was on the one, it would just be first and goal Brown's ball on the one, the fumble doesn't count because a fumble cannot be recovered because of a penalty, um, or a targeting penalty at least. So like, that through and through just felt like such a gut punch because no part of that felt like the Chiefs deserved the ball. Like, at all. The rule book says they didn't deserve the ball, but there was no penalty. And then the dumbest rule in the world gives them the ball. And it, that was tide turning. It was 16-3 to at that point. Had we scored a touchdown, even if he was down uh, out at the four or down at the one, and we score two plays later, I mean... I, I still think the Chiefs go down and kick a field goal. I don't think it's the 10-point swing everyone says it is. Because had we scored there, that doesn't stop Kansas City from kicking a field goal. Like, you know, we would have kicked off, touchback, same amount of time would have come off the clock. Zero seconds. And, and Pat Mahomes would have the ball on uh, the 20. Uh, but the, he'd be pressing even more. So I don't think like saying, oh, the you know the the Browns gave up three and could have scored seven, so it's a ten point swing. Like, I, I I wouldn't take the the three away from the Chiefs. I talk about middle eight all the time, and I'll get to that a little bit too. Um, so middle eight is an important aspect of football, especially when you're playing a team that's equal to or better than you. You need to to middle eight it. But um, red zone execution, the Browns fumbled out of the end zone, the Browns kicked a field goal, and this was stuff they just couldn't come over. So they're down 19-3 at halftime uh, because Kansas City kicked a field goal after that, and it felt like the wind was out of our sails because of the Higgins play. We come out of the half, we throw an interception, and it's like, shit, this one's going to get bad quickly. But we force a field goal, a short one, 33 yards, where their red zone execution comes up short, and they miss it. And then we go down and score a touchdown. 19-10. Give up another field goal. Um, or no, then we stop Mahomes. I believe that's the drive he got hurt. I forget if he scored a field goal uh, first or if Chad Henney got the field goal drive. But regardless, um, Pat Mahomes got hurt. Uh, he got a concussion. It was not a dirty play. Um, you know, Mac Wilson brought him to the ground and he kind of like, you know, slammed him when he was tackling him. Uh, like, for, I think he like hit his like forehead on the ground, and when Pat Mahomes was trying to get up, he wobbled and like fell to like a knee. And when you see that, you're like, okay, that guy's done for the day. I, there's no way around saying the concussion pro- protocol is going to clear him to p- come back into this game. So when that happened, I was like, all right, we. I mean, I'm you know, it sucks for Pat Mahomes, but absolutely nobody would feel bad for the Browns. If Baker Mayfield had a concussion and nobody felt bad for the Browns when any injuries happened to them or their head coach couldn't play, they still had to go out there and they still had to win without him. So I'm not saying, you know, losing Pat Mahomes is the same as who the Browns lost. All I'm saying is, like, teams have had to deal with shit all year. No one's going to pause the game for you um, unless you're the Ravens and then they'll they'll let you play on Tuesday or whatever. (laughs) So. Regardless of that, the Browns had to go out. They forced a field goal, and that was the only points they allowed in the second half was one field goal. Uh, I know the Mahomes injury is you know, a big part of that, but after that, they go down, they score another touchdown drive, and it's reported on the touchdown drive that Mahomes isn't coming back in. Henny comes back. He throws an interception uh, in the end zone on a bomb that was just like you know way off. Carl Joseph picks him off, goes down the end zone. And all of a sudden, there's eight minutes left, and the Browns are down five, 22 to 17. And we pick up a first down. I think there were seven plays on the next drive, 
and we ended up punting it, even though we had already wasted a timeout on a bad challenge, which, like, it wasn't even a bad challenge. It was just, like, the wrong challenge because there was a play where, you know, they they got a first down. It was clearly not a completion, but since Kansas City is so quick to the line and already has that play loaded up anytime they don't want to get challenged against, it's really hard to get that. So they got a free first down earlier. Stefanski didn't want it to happen to him again. Unfortunately, Hill made a ridiculous catch where, you know, he caught it. Ward stripped it out, but like since it hit someone's like it, it hit his like bicep before hitting the it didn't hit the ground, so it popped back up in the air. So it, it was tough from his angle. It looked like it hit the ground, but it didn't. Um, and then you know, so we lost a timeout there. Then we spent a timeout after gaining a first down on a fourth and one, which, like, that can't happen, you know? So we're down two timeouts. It's like, maybe this is the drive. There's five and a half minutes left. We only have one timeout. This has to be the drive where we go down, we score a touchdown, we take the lead, and then we just got to hope that the defense can hold them off and not give up a field goal. Like, that was the formula at the time. And for some reason, our play calling was really poor after that. We kept on, you know... Something wasn't open downfield, so we tried to swing to Chubb. That didn't work. Uh, we we had another uh, screen pass to Chubb, which, like, we were really forcing the pass to Chubb this game, and it was not working for them. Like, even the passes that were completed didn't go well. We only gained one yard at one time. There were two drops by Chubb, which which really hurt. But, I don't know, we, we never throw to Chubb in the real, like, you know, regular season. And for some reason, we were doing that a lot this game. I was shocked at the lack of usage of Kareem Hunt, which is kind of funny considering everyone was begging for Chubb last week. And it's like, in this week, we're like, where was Hunt? But I just thought, you know, Kareem Hunt going against Kansas City, he did score a touchdown. Um, he had the rushing touchdown to make it 22-17. And they celebrated by putting the ball down and saying, like, you, you're sleeping on me. Um, which like I thought was an interesting celebration because, you know, nobody was really sleeping on you in Kansas City. You got cut because you uh, kicked a woman in a casino. So like, I don't think Kansas City was sleeping on you. Uh, maybe they're sleeping on the Browns, and that's a you know kind of like a selfless uh, celebration. But I don't know. I felt like Kareem Hunt coming back to Kansas City and scoring a touchdown he was going to celebrate and throw it in their faces. Uh, they booed him, you know, they, like, like you would expect, but regardless. So, um, unfortunately, the play calling on that last drive didn't match the intensity of what we needed at the time. So, uh, we punted with only one timeout and four and a half minutes left saying, listen, four, fourth and nine from our own 35 or wherever, uh, that's not a that's not the risk we're willing to take. And I agreed. I was like, I was not saying we should go for on fourth and nine. But I tweeted a lot about that series because I said that's when we lost the game. And people are like, oh, you really wanted to go for it there? No, I didn't want to go for it there. But I wanted to make that fourth down easier to go for because I didn't want to give the ball back losing again. You know, one of my friends said, oh, all they needed to do was get a field goal there and then they could stop them and get another, you know, field goal to tie the game or to win the game. And I was like... No, no, there were no field goals at this point. This was it was all about touchdowns. It was all about scoring a touchdown, taking lead, and and not getting, not giving up a, a drive from Chad Henney. Um, so regardless, like that was where I felt like the Browns lost the game. They punted it away. They gave up a first down to Chad Henney. Um, I think they gave up two first downs. And then a, and then they also on third and fourteen gave up a thirteen yard rush by Chad Henney, which that really stung. I mean, I don't know what you know. A lot of people are freaking out about the defensive call there. I don't know if that was the wrong call. I mean, it's Chad Henney. I'm not expecting him to scramble. Uh, I am expecting him to not force a ball and to possibly turn it over. And I think he would take a sack or at least take a minimal gain where the clock would tick. You know, he's a smart quarterback. He's been around this league for a while. The reason he's the backup on this team is because he knows the offense and he knows what Andy Reid wants. So I wasn't going to underestimate him there. I did not think he would get 13 yards, and maybe that's on our linebackers. Maybe it's on Joe Woods. Maybe it's on the on the front four that was rushing. I wouldn't bring more than four, but at the same time, 
you know, if they blitzed him and they brought like Carl Joseph off the edge and just hit him hard and forced a bad pass or got a sack again, they got a sack to got him in, in, in that situation where Miles Miles Garrett sacked him. But we needed a stop. They went for it on fourth down and this was with like 40 seconds left. It was basically the, you know, it wasn't the game because if they had not gotten it, the Browns would still need to go 40 plus yards without a timeout in 40 seconds. But I would have really loved that shot. Um, but give credit to Andy Reid. He said, I don't want to punt it away um, to the Browns and have them go the length of the field because that's a lot of respect to the offense. Um, he did what I would have done where you're like, I'm confident in this offense that we can get one yard. Um, anytime that you can say, Hey Jake, you need one yard to win the game. You can either punt it and give them the ball and say, you know, or, or kick a field goal and it's a tie game or like, and no matter what the situation is, if you're telling me I need one yard to win the game, there's almost, I mean, there's probably some scenarios where I'm like, well, if you're on your own 10 yard line, I'm not going to go for it. But like, you know. You're at midfield and you need one yard to win the game. I'm going for it. And Andy Reid went for it because he didn't want Baker Mayfield getting the ball back and Kevin Stefanski getting one last chance. He was like, I want it here. I want it now. And he got it. They they ran a nice play to Tyreek Hill where you're like, you know, you keep him in motion. You, you know, have him just flying towards the sideline. Chad Henney just has to make that throw. And he did. So credit to them. The Chiefs win. Um unfortunately we didn't get that last chance that last shot um which i really wanted i just wanted baker mayfield to have one chance and unfortunately that chance was at four and a half minutes when we punted on uh you know on fourth and nine uh, i think you know stefanski he he said after the game he was like yeah going back like i you know if i knew what they were going to be able to do like yeah i wouldn't have punted but at the time, it was the right call. And and I agree, it was the right call. It's just, we shouldn't have gotten to 4th and 9. It should have been 4th and 4. Or we should have gotten first downs before that. Because like our play calling wasn't matching the intensity of the moment. And um, I don't want to like, blame Kevin Stefanski for that. But, but that is his blame. But, I mean, the loss isn't completely on him. Baker threw an interception. Um, we had, you know... I mean, hell, we fumbled out of the end zone. Like, there were plenty of things that went wrong for us. But, you know, so we're not going to blame one person. We're not going to blame the coach of the year. Like, you know, he had, a, he had a hiccup just like a lot of players did. But, sorry, I got away from the keys to the victory. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to go through the game itself. Uh, but the red zone execution was the whole thing I was pointing out. Browns fumbled into the end zone. And kicked a field goal and those are the only trips to the red zone like they just did not move the ball the way that they they could which is really upsetting against a defense like Kansas City's where you're like shit I mean like Pittsburgh's got a better defense than Kansas City like a lot better Pittsburgh's got one of the best defenses in the league and we moved the ball really well on them it helped that we were given great field position and we were given a defensive touchdown on the first play of the game so like I understand that the, the situation was different but like it shouldn't be considered different because I don't think you should change your game plan until like the third quarter or like even later sometimes. So it was frustrating to see that they weren't relying on Chubb as much. They weren't grounding and pound. Like, you know, I think Baker Mayfield played well, but like we kind of, if you're a Kansas City fan, you're like happy with the, the fact that the Browns weren't running the ball. Like, that's the bottom line. So, red zone execution. We, as a defense, did a great, phenomenal job of keeping Mahomes out of the end zone as much as we did. They scored two touchdowns, and they kicked three field goals, right? Is that is that what happened? Four field goals? They got six and seven to get to 13, and then they got three field goals to get them to 22. Like, that's great. That's that's an awesome job by the defense. I know Mahomes got hurt, but like we had already stopped them enough times and we were controlling the ball on offense in the second half. We had two really long touchdown drives in the second half. The only problem is the other two drives for the Browns were an interception and a punt. Um yeah, it stinks. Like we did not have many possessions this game because we didn't force punts. So red zone execution, I said that was huge. Um and the only time we made it to the red zone, we fumbled. 
out of the end zone. Like that, that it it was the first rated red zone offense versus the thirty second red zone defense. I mean, that says it all right there. And if you look at those two numbers, you're like, wow. There's no excuse to not dominate in the red zone. And quite honestly, if you're a Browns fan and you see those numbers, you're like, shit, somehow this isn't going to go our way. And it didn't. All right. So red zone offense, red zone um, execution was my number one key. Number two was win the turnover battle. Uh, The Browns were 11-0 when they won or tied the turnover battle. We fumbled out of the end zone and threw a pick and they threw a pick. We lost the turnover battle. We were one in six this year, including this game, when we lost the turnover battle. It's that it's that simple. If you watch the Browns this year, the games that they won, they did not turn the ball over. They held on to it and they stuck to their game plan. The games they did lose, they pressed it. They got like, you know, I mean, the only reason that Baker Mayfield interception happened was because. We were down 19 to three and we were pressing after we, you know, through that interception, Baker, you know, buttoned up and put two uh, fantastic touchdown drives back to back together. And unfortunately, you know, we, we couldn't get another one. But I mean, it really stinks. The middle of that game, Baker Mayfield had a great drive, but it ended in a fumble and then had an interception on the next drive. Then had two straight touchdown drives. I mean, he effectively had three touchdown drives, if you look at it like that, um, right in the middle of the game. Um, But no, I mean, turnover battle, it's as simple. They turned it over once, we turned it over twice, we lost that. We were 11-0 when we won or tied the turnover battle. We were 1-6 when we lost the turnover battle. Not much to say there. Uh, And then the final key to the game, I thought, was sacks and pressure. um, Because it was going to be important to make sure that to get Mahomes like you know off the field we were going to have to sack him we were going to have to pressure him in his face we were going to have to kind of have him scrambling but within the pocket i was i was very clear about the fact that i thought if Mahomes got outside of the pocket uh that would be trouble uh fortunately Mahomes didn't really beat the Browns all that bad he put together like really nice drives in the first half of the game. Um, but, you know, because of the concussion, he didn't really have a chance to like put their na- put the nail in the coffin. Um, and, and look, I'm not saying like that he absolutely would have. I'm not saying he wouldn't have thrown an interception. You know, like we all know Pat Mahomes takes some risky passes and like, you know, tries to thread the needle. And he's really good at that because nobody gets the ball to his receiver faster than Pat Mahomes just because of his arm strength. And no receivers get open quite as much as the Chiefs because of their speed. And they cover so much ground that, like, this was just, this was the worst matchup for the Browns defense because we're not that great at covering. And Pat Mahomes is like, if you can't cover, I will get the ball to an open receiver. Like, bet on it. So um, the pressure, though, pressure was, like, decent throughout the game. Uh, we did a great job of making of of bending and not breaking. So like when it came down to, you know, outside of those two touchdown drives early, where like you know, it was like shit. We got them in a long third down, and then all of a sudden he throws a touchdown to Travis Kelsey on a huge play. I was like, fuck. If you know, had we just tipped that, or had Denzel not fallen down on Kelsey, and maybe it's an incompletion, that's another field goal. You know, they scored that touchdown third down, and that was their last touchdown of the game. The opening touchdown drive was perfect. They missed the extra point, and then the second touchdown, I was like, shit, that should not have happened. And the rest of the game, they didn't score a touchdown. So I think the sacks, even though I think we only had one, um, we might have had two, but it it was just, it wasn't a big part of our game. Um, We didn't end up needing it. So I was wrong there on that being a key. However, I did kind of pivot um, off of that, and I said that a key... Um, a key to victory would be the middle eight. And for football uh, savants, they know who what the middle eight is. Um, but for football, you know, for, you know, just regular fans, uh, this is a term thrown around uh, that talks about the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. And one of my problems with the middle eight that the Browns is when we played 
bad teams. We didn't take advantage of this as much as we could have. But the worst part was when we played good teams. The Baltimore Ravens middle-aided us, like, I think three of the last four games we've played against them. And, like, I can just, like, you know, and, and I mean, I'm mixing together, like, three different games where I'm like, John Harbaugh just finds a way to, even when we have the ball, we're like, all right, we can't let them get the ball back before the end of the half. Somehow he always scores, like, under four minutes, and then we go three and out. He gets the ball back and scores one more time. And then they get the ball to start the second half and score on that opening drive. And all of a sudden, you've had the ball one time and you've given up 13 or more points. And you're like, you're looking around, you're like, this was just a three-point game. All of a sudden, we're now down two touchdowns and two two-point conversions or worse. And it's like, it, it just really takes your game plan and throws it away. And I love that. I love that fact that you can do that to a team. So when people are saying the Browns need to get the ball to start the game and march down the field and score a touchdown, I'm like, there is a lot of, like, there's a huge advantage to that. Had the Browns started the game with, a, you know, the offense and maybe if they don't kick a field goal, maybe they get a little aggressive and they go for it and they score a touchdown. I'm like, this does change the game a lot. However, I think the Chiefs have such a good game plan that, you know, no matter if they start the game with the ball or without the ball, they're going to be like, we're scoring a touchdown on our drive no matter what. So might as well make it the first one of the drive. Um, that way, if the Browns can control the ball towards the end of the half, they get it to start the second half. I think that's a huge advantage that a team like Kansas City would rather have. Kansas City's like, yeah, you can get the ball first. We'll score on our opening drive. We'll score to end the half, and then we'll score to start the second half, and you won't be able to keep up. You know, that's that's just how they think. And when you're playing a team that thinks like that, you need to take away their the things they want. So the middle eight, I wanted the Browns to say, listen, with a couple minutes left, we score a touchdown. We do not let them get the ball back. OK, if we score a touchdown, we make it 16 to 10 there and we do not let them get the ball back. And then we score a touchdown on our opening drive. And just like that, we went from being out of this game to leading this game. Or at the very least, you get a field goal to start the second half, and it's 16-13. And it's at least, hey, it's oh, it's anybody's game. Unfortunately, we did not do that. We need to get better as an offense next year at controlling the clock. Um, again, this was Kevin Stefanski's rookie season as a head coach. He had never worked with Baker Mayfield before. They didn't have a regular offseason where they got to work together as much as they wanted because of COVID. Um they did not have a preseason where you got to execute in preseason games. So that's why the beginning of the season kind of looked very choppy for the Browns. If you give them more time together and they're learning and they're adding to the playbook and they are just like kind of feeding back and off together, they're going to have this and they're going to be better next year. And I expect the middle eight to be kind of a part of the Browns game plan because it had been executed against them so well that they're like, listen, Personnel-wise, we're going to add players to the defense, but offensive-wide, we're going to we're going to get into this playbook, and we are really going to learn it, and we are going to expand upon it, and we're going to master it. Like those are things I see the Browns doing on their offense this year. So I don't see them making a lot of personnel changes. We'll see what happens with OBJ's health. Um, the O line I expect to be back uh, fully intact. Maybe they'll add some uh, backup pieces because. Clearly, it was very important to have backup offensive linemen this year. I mean, wow, I, I I can't remember losing so many linemen to injuries, whether it's COVID or regular injuries this year. Like, you know, poor Jed Wills got, gets hurt on the first play of the game. That really sucked because we finally had a healthy offensive line and we had it for one play, a five-yard run to Nick Chubb. So... The keys of the game, I you know, pivoted off of sacks pressure because I knew that the middle eight was going to be so important to them. We failed at the middle eight. We instead of instead of scoring our touchdown uh, to end the half and scoring to start the half, we fumbled out of the end zone. We threw an interception. Like that's can't do that against the Chiefs. Just can't do it. Can't do it, Mike Singletary. But I'm proud of the Browns. You know, this was. Like I said, a really tough season for a rookie head coach. You know, he came in, hired, uh, and then we hired the GM kind of backwards. But I think they had an idea that these two were, you know, 
like really in cahoots together the whole time. So I think it was just a matter of time. But we're coming off of a really disappointing season last year where we added a bunch of pieces and it didn't work. And you're wondering, are the Browns just a mess? You know, is John Dorsey and Freddie Kitchens have to be fired? And we come in with a brand new GM and a brand new head coach. Baker's on his fourth head coach, his basically third different scheme, because we're not counting the end of the 18 season. Um, and you're like, you know, you can't do this to a young quarterback. You know, in year three, he's dealing with all this shit. But Stefanski, you know, especially since Stefanski didn't have the offseason that a rookie coach usually needs. And he starts the season out, no preseason games, barely any practice time together. Everything's over Zoom. And we get, you know, throttled by the Baltimore Ravens. What is the worst team to play coming off of this offseason? It's the team that needs no practice because they're the same. This Baltimore Ravens team was the 14-2 and team that was last year and made a couple different improvements uh, or or a couple different changes. You know, Marshall Yonda retires, but they add Calais Campbell to their D-line. This was the worst possible uh, game to start our season with, and we got blasted. But Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, they sat down, they worked their tails off, and they put together something that we've never seen in Cleveland before. Um, A season with no... Two losses in a row. They went 11-5, 12-6 if you include the playoffs. They never lost two games in a row. After a loss, they always found a way to win the next game. And usually, it went on a winning streak. After getting throttled by the Ravens, they went out, they put the game plan together, and they beat the Bengals. Then they beat Washington and Dallas. And then they beat Indianapolis in a game that was very important considering Indianapolis and the Browns, it came down to a tiebreaker on on like who got to play who. And that set up a nice rematch for the Browns and uh, Steelers. And in such in such a a year where like everything was so hard for the Browns to make the playoffs with a rookie head coach, you also add in the fact that ten and six wasn't good enough to make the playoffs this year. Usually you're thinking nine and seven, maybe we're a playoff team. Like maybe we need to be ten and six. This year it was ten and six isn't even a playoff team. You have to go eleven and five. You know, Miami Dolphins went had a ten and six season and missed the playoffs. Just think about that. For so many Browns fans that were saying ten and six, we'll be fine. Ten and six, we'll be fine. I was like, I don't think so, guys. I'm looking around the league and teams are winning football games. And there are a lot of winning football teams. So the Browns had that. Not to mention, they had the toughest division in football if you look at the fact that the Browns are 11-5 and and they're a third-place team. They finished third in the AFC North. Now, they righted that ship at the end of the season and showed we might have come in third place, but we're not the third-best team. We're absolutely better than the Steelers. And the Steelers, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, Big Ben, they owe a lot of money to, and they have a lot of free agents. They have 26 free agents. That's half the roster. So they could look very different next year. They might have to cut some guys. Maybe Pouncey retires. Maybe Ben retires. Are they going with Mason Rudolph? Do they need to go make a move for a different quarterback? They fired their offensive coordinator, so they're going to have fresh faces everywhere. And this might be the time to kind of end it. I said it before. I think we ended the Big Ben era. He might still be playing, but you know that era is over because he's not the threat anymore. Especially since they're going to be having such a new, new, new face. You know they'll have Chase Claypool, <coughs> excuse me, and Deontay Johnson, and they'll probably bring back Eric Ebron because he was he was good at times for them. But for the Steelers, oh boy, like for a season to start eleven and zero, and to end it like they did, not good. Baltimore Ravens, they're probably going to be the favorite. You know they um they added some big pieces like Calais Campbell this year. And Patrick Queen, um, but as an offense, you got to wonder. Like you know, they went to Buffalo, and I know Lamar Jackson got hurt and missed the entire fourth quarter, but they weren't they weren't doing anything. Like yes, they missed two field goals, and he threw an interception in the end zone. So Ravens fans are probably saying like, "Oh, this was anyone's game. We outgained them. We outrushed them. We outdid this and that." But it's like, you know, Lamar is a limited quarterback. You know, he has, he's unlimited as a runner. 
Like, it's third and 14, and you're still worried about Lamar Jackson. Like, that sucks because you're not worried about him as a passer. You're worried that, like, the pressure gets to him, and then he flushes out of the pocket, and all of a sudden it's him versus a linebacker, and can the rest of the defense stop him from getting that, you know, third down conversion? So, like, but that's all their offense is now. Like, he is not a good passer, and I don't think adding any receivers are going to make him a better passer. They might help his passing you know, in terms of like, hey, he just has to hit DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins makes the rest work. But like, you know, I don't even know if a wide receiver is op- is available like that. Do they want to go spend a lot of money on uh, Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay? I don't know. I think they kind of just have to understand like this is their offense because if they're going to they're going to give Lamar Jackson probably a big extension this offseason, just like Buffalo will give Josh Allen. And just like Cleveland will give Baker Mayfield, which was reported before the game that they're going to give him an extension, you know. So if you're going to make your bed with this Lamar Jackson thing, yes, the Browns need to fix their defense. They were shredded by Lamar twice this year, um, so they need to fix their linebacker core. And Joe Woods needs to just understand: listen, we can't just lose two games to the Ravens every year. You know, splitting with them is fine, but if we face them in the playoffs, we absolutely need to beat them. There's no excuses. And considering the fact that I think the Baltimore and Cleveland are two of the best teams in the AFC, I think both of them will make the playoffs next year. I believe we're keeping the seven-team format. I really hope we do because now I'm, I've kind of like gotten used to it. I really don't want to go back to the six-team format. Um, however, you know, if they do go back to six teams... You know, that, that means one of these teams isn't going to win the division and will have to be one of two wild cards. And I'm not saying that, you know, they can't do it, but it's really hard to fight off. You know, Miami's going to be a better team next year. Um, the loser of Indy, Tennessee, that's a good team. And in the West, I mean, you know, Las Vegas, they were pretty good this year. They're probably going to make some improvements. Denver, I felt, was a huge letdown. I feel like they can get better. And I think the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, Justin Herbert, like, that whole division has some gunslingers that are going to win games. So I, you know, I really hope they keep the seven team format because I think the AFC is loaded right now with, you know, talented young quarterbacks. And then you have Cincinnati in the division. Um, I don't think they're going to be a big threat just yet. Uh, but Joe Burrow, real time, real deal, real deal quarterback. Um, I think Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback in the division. And I say that, with 100% knowing how talented Lamar Jackson is. I know Lamar is more talented, but like if I need a quarterback to win a playoff game right now, I want it to be Baker Mayfield. Because Lamar, it's just very simple. And you don't want simple to be like, you know, in your offensive game plan. You know, it, it teams he can't beat every team on a way to your Super Bowl. I think things would have to fall so easily for them for Lamar and, and the Ravens to win a Super Bowl. Or they just need to game change their game plan, and he needs to fix that. He made a lot of really awesome improvements um, as a passer over the last like year and a half, but not enough to be considered. like He won MVP basically because nobody was ready for him. But now teams are ready for him. And they were 11-5 this year, but they beat up on some really crappy teams. Um you know, like, and, and you can say that about the whole AFC North. Like, you know, four of the Browns' wins came against the NFC East. I understand that. I think there's a chance that the Browns next year won't have an 11-5 and record. But I think there's a possibility they still make the playoffs at 10-6. and um, We'll see what the improvements they make on defense. We'll see if they stick with Landry and Odell Beckham uh, and, and, you know, how this offense progresses. Because they need a vertical threat to open up the field for the tight ends in the running game. Like, we just didn't have that at all late in the season. And Baker was awesome after Odell went down, which is ironic considering Odell was our only deep threat. Yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones had one big touchdown uh, catch. Um, but he's not a deep threat just yet because, you know, outside of one big touchdown catch, that that was that was it. Higgins is a, is a got really nice hands, is a good route runner, he doesn't have burner speed. He is a chain mover. Jarvis Landry is tough as nails, 
and he is a great leader in the locker room. He is not, a, and he is a chains mover. He is not a deep threat. He's basically a you know a, a quicker tight end, you know, at this point. And I hate to admit that because Pete Smith, I you know Pete Smith and I have argued in the past. I don't think he's redundant per se. I don't think he's useless. I don't think he's hurting this team. I just think we need another wide receiver that's not Jarvis Landry to open up the field downfield. Maybe another two wide receivers. And Jarvis Landry can operate in the in the zone that the tight ends do, but at the same time, you already have those tight ends. So, you know, you really need to make improvements at wide receiver this year. Or at least not even improvements, but you need to add to the personnel. You need to add to the game plan. And then defensively, I kind of went over what the Browns need. Um, but this was a really successful year. Uh, for them to start the season like they did, to get throttled by Baltimore, win a couple, then get throttled by Pittsburgh, and, and lose guys all year. Wyatt Teller missed a bunch of games. Nick Chubb missed a bunch of games. You know, defensively, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams. Like, what happened to Greedy this year? He just fell off the face of the earth. Um, Ronnie Harrison went down at times. Linebackers. Every single linebacker on our team at least missed one game. You know, D-line, Miles Garrett was Defensive Player of the Year for the first half. Then he got COVID. And you saw that lingering effect on him the rest of the season where he needed to be taken out, where that monster that he is usually doesn't need to be taken out. We battled through all those things. Our head coach and our Pro Bowl left guard, Joel Batonio, getting COVID for the Steeler game. Denzel Ward got COVID for the Steeler game. Like we were, at, and Kevin Johnson, we were out our two of our top three corners, our Pro Bowl left guard, and our head coach of the year. And we still were able to beat the Steelers. Like, what a year. We got the monkey off our back. That was huge. That's the biggest point of this year. The Cleveland Browns are not the same old Browns. Yes, they lost in the playoffs. And I said this last week. I was like, it, it doesn't matter if we win or lose the Super Bowl or if we lose before the Super Bowl or whatever in terms of the old, like, classic Browns move. Like, this wasn't classic Browns. Don't let ESPN tell you anything about, oh, this was the same as Ernest Bynes or same old Browns. This was not, all right? It, it sucked, but, but the same old Browns, this would have been the collapsing moment, and that would have been it. Uh, with the new Browns, they battled back, and they had, two straight t- or they had two touchdown drives afterwards to make this a game. We are a new franchise. We are a new team. And I think going into next season, we are going to be one of the favorites for the AFC. I think we're on the same trajectory Buffalo is. We're just one behind. And Kansas City, you know, I don't know how much better they're going to get. These guys are going to start getting more expensive. You know, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones. All of them got mega contracts somehow. So I don't know if they're going to be getting better. Maybe they will. Maybe Patrick Mahomes hasn't even unlocked his full Mahomesness yet. But I think there's an opening sooner or later in this AFC, and I think the Browns are on their way. Um, it was a really fun season. I'm really proud of them. You know, this was the most fun I've ever had watching the Browns, and it's not even close. You know, when they went ten and six, and I was a senior in high school, that was fun. That was nowhere near this. Um, you know, and, and I know that was only one win shy of this. And that season had some fun games. We had a, a, a unbelievable back and forth game with Cincinnati. We had, you know, um, we beat Houston where I went to that game. We beat Pittsburgh. It was like, holy shit, we beat Pittsburgh. Um, you know, or no, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of 2014. I've had fun as a Browns fan before, but it usually led to like false positivity you know and and just like being wrong about the browns but i was right about the browns this year i said that i think 10 and 6 and a playoff berth was definitely in the cards i said i don't think 11 and 5 is that crazy and that was with me thinking out that they would split with the ravens and they didn't they got swept by the ravens but they still found a way to get to 11 and 5 I thought they'd beat the, yeah, I thought the season would go a little differently, but I thought 11-5 was definitely in the cards. And then, you know, Optimistic Jake said, I think we make it to the AFC Championship game and we fall to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
We follow the Chiefs a little, a little early. But I'm proud of the Browns. This was a really fun season. I, I had so much fun talking about them, especially the last couple weeks. And I hope you had fun too. Um, and I think next year is going to be even better. I think, I think we got a lot of time before then, but um, I think next year is going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. All right, Browns fans. Thanks for listening. Go Browns. Hey. <laughs> Three, four! Three, four!